It's not because they're a dick. It's because you're a dick. Radio Drome. Welcome to another episode of Radio Drome, a fan favorite, I am sure. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is the Cecil. That is me. That is him. And the awake ape from Canada, the Peter. And that is me. That is you. But if you guys want to be you in a sexual context, you go to adamandeve.com. You use the promo code DROME, D-R-O-M-E, and you will get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping. All for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. But also, this is the internet, and the internet's a dangerous place, so you need the digital condom that is NordVPN. A VPN is a virtual private network. Basically, it'll help you get around region locking, it'll help you get around certain places you maybe shouldn't be, plus it'll help encode your data. You need NordVPN. So what you gotta do is, you go to 1201beyond.com backslash VPN. And you'll get 75% off of a three-year plan. It's only $3.49 a month off of a three-year plan. It's worth it. Nord will help you in more ways than you know. 1201beyond.com backslash VPN. I want to talk about why fans are the worst part of fandom these days. And maybe it's always been like this, guys. Maybe I just hadn't noticed it before. I recently went to the An Evening with Bruce Campbell live Evil Dead 2. Bruce comes out, he talks a little bit, they show Evil Dead 2, and then he comes out and answers questions. Now, I have zero complaints about Bruce Campbell. I want to be very clear, I'm not complaining about Bruce Campbell. He was the nicest guy. I got to interview him for the for the paper to help plug this. He was so nice not complaining about bruce campbell his fans though are some of the biggest shitheads out there they (laughs) ruined this night and this is a regular thing you look out there bruce campbell has some of the worst fans out there you you could even see it at certain points he was just getting fucking irritated for some reason and, and this seems to be again maybe this has always been like this and i just never noticed it fans seem to have think that their fandom entitles them to something. Because at this event, people just kept screaming things at Bruce. They kept yelling things out. At one point, he had to adjust his pants a little bit. This lady just starts screaming, Take it off! And fans are just screaming things, and they're screaming, Work shed! At him. Oh, and God. And it, it, it's it's like they all think this is some sort of a weird personal interaction. And then when, when somebody gets a, to ask a question, and this is going to make me sound like an asshole, but you got to realize, you're in a public setting for a limited period of time. Well, see, I've been a fan for 30 years and I own all your merchandise and my mom showed me all your movies and did, and the introduction takes a minute of this guy telling Bruce his personal story before asking some dumb question like, what was it like shooting Army of Darkness? And you uh. just go, Jesus f***ing Christ. <laughs> First of all, there's a get on with it aspect to this. The fans just kept yelling things and screaming things, and you could see Bruce was getting irritated. Go look up some of the YouTube videos of him interacting with fans. He's borderline rude with these people because I think he's f***ing had it. 
Bruce Campbell fans. And, and it's not just that. During the movie. Now, it's one thing if you're going to like a Rift Tracks event. You know, you're meant to sort of laugh and hoot and holler. You're meant to interact with the show, basically, kind of. You're allowed right. to laugh and quote stuff. It's it's all part of the proceedings, I guess. Well, the fans at this seem to think that Evil Dead 2 was like a Rocky Horror show. Oh. People were literally standing up. They were acting out the motions. When he goes, groovy, the whole audience screams, groovy! Oh, it's and, like a cult or something. And, and I'm just sitting here like, you motherfuckers are wrecking <laughs> my night. Th- this is what got me off on this. So I, I made a Facebook post about this. And it was amazing, the divide in the comments. Some people were on my side, like, yeah, I hate shit like this. This is why I don't go to cons. This is why I don't go to live events. The fans wreck everything. And other mm-hmm. people are like, so what you're saying is they were just trying to have a good time and you wanted to be a stick in the mud. You think that they're not allowed to have a good time. Everyone just has to be. And it's like, oh, my God, you people are why I fucking hate fandom now. <laughs> Well, much like how I am when I go to the movies, with the exception of the expected interaction. If something scary happens, you, or you, you scream, or if there's something funny, you laugh. People don't understand the general aspect of something like Evil Dead, where, okay, yeah, you've seen it a bazillion times, but maybe there's somebody in the audience who this could be their introduction to it. Yeah. You know, they're not expecting it. It's not, uh, the Rocky Horror picture where they announce going to be an interactive event. Now, it's one thing if they would have said, this is the Evil Dead 2, we're going to be interactive with it, or we're encouraging people to yell and hoot and holler and everything. That is a a whole other thing. But if they're saying, hey, Evil Dead reunion, whatever, we're going to have an interview with, with Bruce Campbell, that is not open season to yell at the screen. It's irritating, it's annoying, and I've run into that a couple of times. But in general, a lot of the stuff that I go to, for the most part, thankfully people are respectful. I've gone to see some Hammer movie marathons, and I've gone to see a few other like event productions. And for the most people, for the most time, people are just quiet. I mean, at one point, I went to go see a uh, a live screening of Teen Witch. And the only thing that was, the only like interaction was there was a girl who sang like two lines of Top That. And like that, that got like a chuckle out of everyone. I, I'm surprised you didn't uh, start singing along with I Like Boys. Yes. <laughs> I know you. I know you wanted to. Oh, of course I wanted to. Yeah. We, well, when I'm at home with my wife, you know, we're we're sitting around, we're singing Top That, and I like Boys, and all the other uh, all the other fun tunes in that wonderful movie. It it just it irritates me when people don't seem to understand the concept of other people. Fandoms are awful for the most part. For like eighty to ninety percent of it, fandoms are terrible. They ruin just about everything that they get attached to. Now there is a di- difference between someone who likes something, someone who is a fan of something, somebody who you know knows all the all the like trivia and stuff, and, and is just the, this is cool kind of person. And then there's the fandom person, the person that makes it part of their personality, the person that gets obsessed, the person that will will like add a celebrity to Facebook, and then not only add that celebrity to Facebook or to Twitter, but they'll add their aunt, their uncle, their ex-girlfriend, their brother, their sister, their next-door neighbor, and try to get involved 
with their lives. They're the people at these events that are screaming things like Josh has been describing. They're the people at, at events like this that scream, take off your pants! They're like screaming sexual advances at these celebrities as if they're not people, as if they're these like golden objects for them to behold that they're entitled to say whatever they want to say because they own the, the, the 86th special edition metal tin cover case release uh, that you can only get at Sunrise Records. These are insane. The, these are people that in real life probably wouldn't want to associate with. Even me personally, and I'm a smaller scale YouTube guy, I've dealt with people like this. And you get called an asshole for reacting to them. I, I, and Bruce Campbell in a lot of interviews, as Josh said, for, for years has been perceived as a dickhead for how rude he is to fans. But let's take into account what he probably deals with on a daily basis, not only in person, but at these events online, getting weird harassing phone calls of people be like, quote this from this movie, you still have this trivia, you can say this, say that. It's like, it's like people treat you like you're some performing circus monkey and it's ridiculous this is what fandoms do they ruin things like the like the steven universe fandom some like teenage girl draws fan art of one of the characters that i think in the show is like a little chunkier draws her skinny the fandom jumps on her tells her to kill herself and then she does attempt suicide and then they come back at her again and say try it again this caused the creator of the show to come out and literally say you're the worst people like the the creator of the thing itself called their own fandom the worst and and this is i don't know too cuz cuz you bring up a good point is is this something that's always been around or is it a new thing I personally think it always has. These people are just a lot more vocal now that we have, like, social media is so much bigger. The internet is so much bigger. I do think when, when it comes to, like, conventions and, and people who go to comic book stores and, and that are into things, these people have always existed. You know, they're, they're the, the, the weird people that you probably don't want to associate with. But they're a lot more prevalent now. We can see them a lot more now. And I think it's it's likely always been a problem for actors, for people in the entertainment industry because like stalkers and weird people and, and people who ask like really off-putting questions to you and ask like weirdly personal stuff and, and try to get to know other people in, in your life like as if they're like friends with you or something. I, I think this has been happening with actors forever. It's such a disgusting sect of being into something is that there are people like this that associate with the, with the things that you like and it in a way it, it's for some things it almost makes me ashamed to be into them because i'll see how some of these people react but then i gotta remind myself some people are, are off just just off and i i fully understand why bruce for years has come come across like a dick because as i said he's he's dealt with people like this for probably 30 35 years at this point see i actually don't think this is something that's always been at least as this bad i, I guess we don't is... know like because we, well, we didn't have see... the internet in the 80s and the 90s with the streaming and dvds and stuff this has gotten worse because another thing people were doing at this bruce campbell event they were just riffing the movie in a normal speaking voice like i'm using right now oh, they're God. just riffing the movie live and only their own little group of like you know four or five people are giggling while everyone else is like shut up <laughs> Because I, I I think people fans nowadays they see these events as as like like a personal this is my time to be involved with Bruce Campbell not this is a collective event of ours you are allowed to have a good time like I said like I got so many comments about how these people were just trying to have a good time and you just want to be a stick in the mud no when your enjoyment. That? 
I just want to say this. The people who commented that, you guys are one of those people. Yeah, you are what is wrong with fandom. And I, I just, this is not the only time it happened. I think it was either last Halloween or the Halloween before that. Fathom Events released Night of the Living Dead and that beautiful elite remastered print to the two theaters. You know, the original 1968 Night of the Living Dead. I went to go see that with my friend Hank. We were having a great time, except for there was two teenage girls. Couldn't have been older than 18. Sitting behind us. Clearly seeing the movie for the first time. Remember, this is 15 bucks a ticket for a Fathom event, okay? So they paid $30 to make fun of the movie in a full movie theater. And you just, you ask yourself, what the f*** is wrong with you? If you just want to riff the movie for your little your little click, do that at home. Yeah. Why do you have to ruin my enjoyment of this movie? Why? What the hell is wrong with you? What is your major malfunction? <laughs> Didn't mommy and daddy show you enough attention when you were a child? It, it all comes across to what I had said earlier. It's that people, again, because of... I, I don't know. Uh, because of the internet, because of social media, because of uh, streaming, people don't seem to realize that there are other people around them, that other people are maybe trying to experience something, and they don't need you yapping or laughing or being a moron there uh, while all this is going on. The other thing that you had brought up where you were talking about how the people would get up and they would ask them, or they would just monopolize the person's time, again, that falls into that as well, people. It's self-centered. It's very selfish. Like, it's one thing if you went up there and said, Hey, Bruce, I'm a really big fan. I've been following you for 30 years. Fine. But when, oh, my God, I've been following you for 30 years. I, I've i seen everything that you've done. And it's like, okay, now you're monopolizing everyone's time. Because now you're yapping. That's one less person that will be able to answer a question or be able to ask a question. Yeah, they're it's just rude. They're eating all the time and just coming in their pants up on the stage. And it's like, have some self-control and some self-respect, okay? This is a person. Treat them like a person. If you're going to do that whole shtick, send them, you know, email them or, se- you know, send them a message or something that it's it's not going to monopolize everyone else's time. But they're up there. It's a way of, like, kind of, I guess, like, nerd dick measuring. It's, they can show <laughs> oh, it, it got even worse than such that. such a big fan. Oh, that's exactly what it is. It, it, got, it got worse than that. At this Bruce Campbell thing, one guy really wanted Bruce to suck his dick because he, he started with, you know, standing up and he gave one of those long intros. And then he goes, other than the interaction you're having with me right now, what is the best fan reaction, fan wow. interaction you've ever had? What a and I, I, I looked at my girlfriend and was like, oh my God, I'm feeling like, I, I'm feeling like third degree burn embarrassment right now. I would not feel bad if Bruce just smashed that guy in the face. That sounds like somebody who was going for one of two things. He wanted, he wanted, he was kind of forcing Bruce to acknowledge him, but he was hoping that Bruce would acknowledge him or would insult him. Validate him. He would have this story, uh, Bruce Campbell told me to f*** off. It's like, oh, <laughs> get off your stupid, like, he, believe me, he will forget that you exist the minute after you ans- ask your question. There's another aspect of this that came up at this event, and this is not the first time I've encountered this. I bathe on a regular basis. I bathe daily. I use deodorant daily. I wash my beard. I, I have a shaved head now, so I don't have hair to wash, but I wash my beard daily. Oh, you got rid of the mohawk? I got rid of the mohawk. I, I'm, I'm a, I got the whole skinhead thing going now. I have a totally shaved look. 
I actually said that. And this was before he died. I said, I said, I think I can rock the Sid Hag, you know? <laughs> so I'm a clean person. I don't stink. I use deodorant. Oh, fans have got to learn to use deodorant. You could, it wasn't immediately apparent at this event, but after a while you, you were like, I don't think a lot of these people use deodorant. That funny smell it started to set in? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's really that pork rind kind of smell and you're like, this is body odor. Why is this such a problem? It is a problem in fandom. The comic book store and the, and the, the role playing game store both have a sign up. Deodorant must be worn. And you know that sign was not put up without some sort of an impetus to make that sign necessary. It shouldn't be that hard to to pluck out a clean pair of clothes from your closet and put on some deodorant. And at least, if you're not going to use soap and shampoo, at least do a hot water rinse in the shower. Before you leave the house, do something. Do not wear clothes that you wore last week that haven't been washed yet. Like, this should be this should be simple. This is like when Homer and Marge are having, like, parental guidance counseling, and, and Homer is, like, writing down, garbage in garbage can. Makes sense. <laughs> At least take a whore's bath, you know? Mm-hmm. Do there a was... rinse. Do a fucking rinse. Hot water usually will be enough to get some of that stink off you, and get some right guard under, under your armpits. There you go. And put on a shirt that you didn't wear yesterday. Pretty fucking simple. Yeah, you're going out in public. You're going out in public. The least you can do is be clean. I think in general, like, I've had people that will argue that, that, uh, well, maybe those people can't afford deodorant or something. I'm like, if you can afford to go to this event... You can afford deodorant. It's yeah, like not a, expensive. You can afford like a $100 ticket for this like huge like Comic Con event or even like a show that's like 30, 40 bucks for a ticket or something. That's still, you know, where, where else is your income going? Dude, I got, the dollar store sells deodorant, okay? Yeah. Right. But it'll get rid of, you know, it might smell a little soapy, but that's a lot better than ass. I've been to so many cons and whatnot where there's always at least one person who legitimately stinks. Like, the, when I was at, uh, I was at an event this uh, j- uh, June, there was a dude who, I, it wasn't a huge event, but there was a guy there who I passed by a few times, smelled like sh- like, oh. I'm not, like, I think he may have possibly shit himself, but he was there all day, and I, every now and then I just would, would pass by him, and I'm, oh, God, like, probably, what? uh, probably a bad wiper. There was, no, no, I, I don't know how true this is, this is the only what I read, but there was an anime con a few years ago where a, a girl, and it was vagina smell, her vagina stunk so bad, she was asked to leave the convention. Oh, anime people are the dirtiest people anyway. Just savages. I think, uh, well, more savages. so, more so like the 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 furries and whatnot. Just oh God, uh, yeah, those weebs. There was. I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure it's hard to get the cum stains out of those costumes. <laughs> oh you know? God, yeah, just ugh. Take yeah, that. yeah, really. Uh, God. As as Mitch Hedberg once said, this shirt is dry clean only, which means it's dirty. <laughs> I I like anime, but I would never go to a convention just no. because of the fandom. And that is not an all-encompassing thing. That's not saying that every single person that goes to the con stinks, that every single person that goes to the con is a weirdo. But it's unfortunate that in that particular fandom, that's one where it is just notorious for being just some of the dregs. And they, unfortunately, will make it a stigma, and they'll make it worse for the other people who legitimately just want to go and enjoy
enjoy something, but they can't because of all of the people who can't take baths or just stink or are or will make you visibly uncomfortable. It's just it's it's so weird. Like like at the Bruce Campbell thing, you know, because it, it was in Milwaukee, which you know is a city I hate. You know, we had to get there early, find parking, and my girlfriend and I went to go eat at a restaurant. You know, I'm not from Milwaukee, so. We just found some really nice restaurant, and as we're waiting, it was like a half-hour wait time, we saw some people come in, all with, like, Army of Darkness shirts, and one guy had a Fulci shirt. It's like, well, they're going to the same event. Yeah. There is that sort of camaraderie of, well, those... That's our people, because th- this was is not a high end restaurant, but it was one that I'm sure people in you know Fulci eye damage shirts don't go into all the time. Mm. It, there is sort of a camaraderie, but then there's also I'm going to end up hating most of you. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I had to go to the bathroom at one point. This is an older theater called the Pabst, and the only working bathrooms are on the bottom floor, and we were up in the balcony, so you had to take the elevator all the way down to the bottom floor, which was near the dressing rooms. There were people waiting around the dressing rooms to maybe catch a glimpse of Bruce. And I thought, God, that is... I don't get that. That's pathetic. I just don't understand that. It's just pathetic. Isn't that borderline stalking? It is. I mean, I I know he's at the event and whatnot, but that's borderline stalking to me. Enjoy the fact that you're going to... You maybe can interact with him on stage. He's there live. You don't need to meet the man. Okay. Because, first of all, he doesn't want to meet you. I can tell you that. He he, he likely wants to go home or, or, you know, to his trailer or whatever and relax and and unwind after doing the show and having to talk to, like... Like, imagine most people... A lot of people have anxiety just going to work or just going to school or taking public transportation and and being surrounded by 20 to 30 people all day at their workplace or wherever they are. Imagine being a celebrity who has to see hundreds to thousands of people a day. And not only that, but shake their hand, photos with them, talk to them exchange things with them and, and all these interactions. And, and a lot of actors are insecure people. They're anxious people. They're people that do have shy tendencies. Leave them the f*** alone. You're there to see them do the event. Great. Don't line up at their, like, at their dressing room and hope to catch a glimpse of them and get some extra talk with them. Like, they already signed your sh- you already went up on stage and talked to them. Let him be. Like, this is why people in the... Well, it's one of the, like, hundreds of reasons of why a lot of people in the entertainment industry hate their fans and don't interact with anybody on social media and don't respond to, the, to your emails. It's not because they're a dick. It's because you're a dick. That's why whenever I hear a story about a celebrity, oh, they're an asshole, or oh, I don't like them, or oh, they were a dick. It's like, well, what's the context? Were they at an event and it was three hours later and people were still trying to get autographs and they told them they had to go? Or or were they, like, having dinner with their family and somebody came over and started bothering them? Like, I'm not saying that there aren't some celebrities that are dicks. There are plenty of celebrities that are dicks. But I like to hear what was the context of that. I'm not just going to say, oh, well, this person's an asshole. <laughs> okay, well, Why? Like, what, what happened? did you walk up and say to them? What did you say? Right. Fans, okay, fans crossed the line. Because uh, I, I remember reading years ago, this is probably earlier 2000s, Ernie Hudson was at a con. You remember this is, you know, Ghostbusters is sort of a dead franchise at this point. I think he might have still been on Oz at that point. Mm. He was in the bathroom, and another fan gleefully told about this exchange, which I'm sure made Ernie Hudson cringe. He's at the urinal peeing, and another fan is peeing, and he just leans over and goes... Don't cross the street. Oh. 
And you just and you just go, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with you? One, don't talk in the bathroom ever. I can't. You know, the worst people are loud public bathroom talk people. You're you're just you're terrible. If you're if you're the type of person listening to this that goes into the bathroom with your friends and you start chattering on and laughing and yelling and shit and talking at the urinal and trying to talk somebody up while they're pissing next to you, you're awful. You're an awful person. And to do that and to think that a celebrity or really anybody is going to think that's funny to be standing next to a person having like you're in a public bathroom anyway. You got your dick in your hand in a public place. and You're just trying to take a piss. You're just trying to empty your bladder and some fucking mouth breather starts talking to you like go away. Bad enough to, to try to approach a celebrity while they're having dinner with their family or just out and about going to the store or something. They're trying not to be noticed. But at the urinal, savage. You're a savage. When I saw the Misfits in 1998, it was at a small club. I It was between bands. You know, the opening band had played and the Misfits were getting ready. Doyle was at the urinal next to me. I pissed next to Doyle. Guess what? I didn't say anything to him. I met him late. I met him later. Yeah, I met him later that night and got my, you know, got my picture taken and stuff during that time. This was not the appropriate time to talk to Doyle from the Misfits. We both have our dicks in our hands and we both are concentrating on something else. And he's a fucking muscle giant. Like, like, yeah, good luck. Good luck trying to talk to him at the urinal. He, He will kill you. I had I had friends of mine who uh, they went to go uh, they were at a horror con I think it was last year and they were in the hotel and they were taking the elevator down and as they were getting into the elevator William Ragsdale was in there you know what they did they said hey William looking forward to seeing you later that was it that's fine like, and they got in the elevator and he was like oh thanks great how you doing you having a good time he talked to, and he talked to them and then they got to the elevator and they went on their own way they didn't monopolize his time they didn't uh, ask him for a selfie or a whole, you know it, it's like they were they were respectful of the guy and his time and i'm sure he appreciated that more than mm-hmm. the the people that uh, you know tried to corner him to ask him questions about herman's head i brought up doyle doyle got a lot of crap maybe two years ago and at the time i said you're, you're a dick because i think he was he, he was being too much of a dick about I it but I not why or he said he hates interacting with fans he hates the meet and greets after the show he hates be dealing with these people and i'm starting to get it i mean part of it is you probably shouldn't say that publicly ranting about how much you hate your fans and i he literally said i do not want to even know these people okay that's just kind of being a dick about it but I kind of get it. Yeah, okay, I, I kind of see where you're coming from, Doyle. Yeah, in, I, in context, like, he probably, he likely wrote that when he had a really bad, like, day of uh, fan interactions. And he was probably just venting online like we all do and kind of forgot that, you know, he's this uh, celebrity with a platform. But you know what? I remember being I remember being a bit pissy when I read that. But looking back on it, I mean, the, the guy was venting like we all do. I mean, he probably just had a really, really horrible experience and he just wanted to let that let it out and he likely does have a, a whole whole bunch of just crappy experience experiences with these people so he he may have um you know blown it a, a bit out of proportion but i totally get where he's coming from and i i kind of take back uh what what i said what i said about him before when i read it because yeah as as, as josh said you kind of put
puts it into into a new perspective as as time goes on and, and you witness more of this sort of stuff happening. I love my fans. Just throwing that out there. In general, I have a fantastic audience of very cool people that are very positive and supporting. When they do write me messages, it's it's always most like 99% of the time, it's great. Every now and then you get somebody who just is an ass. Mm. And for whatever reason, like they'll tell you that you're great, but it's in a very condescending way. And you're not, and you're always like, is this just, do they have like a social disorder or are they really being dicks? Like it's very, uh, backhanded compliments. Yeah. And you're really great, but if I wanted to, I could beat you up. Well, it's, it's, you're really great, but th- if you did this, it would be so much better. Ugh. And it's like, I don't do mind, like, yeah, right. I don't mind constructive criticism. I don't mind like, oh, this was really great, uh, blah, blah, you know, but they'll give me like some kind of, like, that's fine. But it's in the way that some of the things get written. And then of course you have fans that go too far. And, uh, as I was like, they'll, they'll try to like find your, your like personal information. And it's like, okay, no, like stop it. Like that's, not- I, I've had that too. Now, now I want to say when I've interacted with fans, when I've been recognized at the mall or at like a rift track, event or something i am totally okay with that i like meeting people at a public event i have no issues with that i've had people who've somehow found my home phone number and called me up no that's over the line no you don't get to you, you don't get to call my home i've had people figure out my cell phone number somehow and they'll call me up you can email me fine when you start calling me up and wanting to talk on a personal level, you're in the stalking territory, and I'm a nobody. Imagine what a Bruce Campbell has to deal oh, with. Exactly. Like just an abs- like I, again, I am uh, I am a relatively small slash medium sized YouTuber, and I get a lot of like weird shit. But I can only God the like Mark Hamill, freaking Bruce Campbell, the people that do these events. I I can't even fathom the amount of just nonsense that they have to deal with. I do I do need to point out because Cecil brought it up as well that you know most of his audience are, are good people. Same same here. I know I've had a couple of like bad interactions with a few people, but I do honestly, sincerely really appreciate most of you. Like for the most part, the, the comments I get are very respectful, even the people that are giving me like constructive criticism and stuff. A lot of you really seem like like decent, fine human beings. We're not like best friends or anything. But it's, it's all good. I don't really, like, it seems like I'm being very venomous here. But I do really appreciate, like, the 99 percentage of, of most of my uh, my supporters. I really, really do love all of you and thank you. And another thing, too, just to, like, I've had people that will write, uh, send me an email or whatever. And they're like, hey, I'm in Philly. You know, if if, uh, if ever you want to have a drink or something, let me know. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's that's very just like, it's it's a nice way for them to kind of throw the the line out there and see you know if uh, if they would want to meet and chat or whatever yeah, like that's I've, I've fine got that a few times too you know hey I'd love to buy you a drink and we could talk movies that's that is cool that's fine mm. that's not finding someone's cell phone number or finding <laughs> someone's home address and trying to meeting them there that's an invasion of privacy that's wrong that's scary scary shit yeah like that person doesn't know who you are they don't know if you're really a fan or if you're a crazy person if you're finding someone like if you're going to someone's house who you don't know and they're not expecting you that's kind of being a crazy person there's people that are criticizing that new travolta flick the the fanatic the one directed by fred durst it is a pretty, it's a pretty ridiculous bad movie. film it is a ridiculous film i've 
watched it. It has, uh, I, I enjoyed it, but I, I gotta say, it's not wrong. There are people like that. There are insane people like that. It absolutely paints a picture of what some of these people are really like. Like, he is the kind of dude that you would have, that you would have seen at the event that, that Josh is talking about. Just a total whack job that's like way too entitled and will show up at the celebrity's house and try to like take a picture with them while they're sleeping to pretend like they're hanging out. Like, these people exist, though it's, it's a kind of an over, over the top caricature, but this film is pretty Pretty relevant to like what we're talking about and and what's going on in modern pop culture right now and fandom. I think I I think it's an awful movie with an awful script. I loved it. <laughs> it, it. It gets so much wrong, but okay, we'll talk about that at a different point. When it comes to fandom, what happened? Because fans, you fandom used to be something that was inclusive. Now it's weirdly exclusive. As fandoms seem to grow, you know, as like you know, comic books went, comic book films, and knowing comic books went more mainstream and things like that. It seems like factions were created. Well, I'm a real fan. Oh, because, especially in horror fandom more than anything else, although sci-fi fandom and anime fandom have this too, there's a weird one-upsmanship. Because, like, I, I heard before the Bruce Campbell thing, you know, when everyone's piling in and I was overhearing all these conversations, there were people that were like, well, no, see, I'm a bigger fan because I have the, this poster and I have the Thailand poster. Oh, yeah, well, I'm a bigger fan because I actually have a prop from this. And, and there's this weird one-upsmanship of, nah, I I'm the ultimate fan. It's like what Cecil said. Where did this uh, come from? Like what Cecil said earlier on. It's like fan dick measuring. Yeah, where did this come from? I don't remember this from, like, the 90s. I don't remember being a horror and sci-fi fan in the 90s was like, oh yeah, well, I, I've got this obscure three-track album that I imported from Japan, and you don't. This didn't used to be like this. It's, there probably were people like that, but as as I said, it likely wasn't as noticeable because we didn't really have the, the internet back then. And it may have been, like, a smaller group, but now, yeah, that, that stuff is... Is, is all over the place. It's like it's like they're measuring dicks. They're like, well, I've got this. Oh, well, I got that. Well, I'm a bigger fan. Why can't we just f***ing enjoy stuff together? We both yeah. like the same thing. Let's connect on that and see where it goes. Why does it need to be, well, I have more than you. Oh, yeah, well, I know more than you. Oh, yeah, well, I've met him this many times. Oh, yeah, well, I saw the movie that many times. Like, you... You dunces. You both like the same thing. <laughs> the the guy sitting behind me and off to the center a little bit, he was talking to his friend about how he once interacted with Bruce Campbell on Twitter. You can interact with any celebrity on Twitter. Just because you commented on, on some tweet they made, that doesn't mean you interacted with them. Most of the celebrities don't even respond to this shit. You know, it's just stuff that's in the public cyberspace that you can comment on. That doesn't mean you talk to them. You basically left what's the equivalent of like a bathroom stall scrawling. Or, or it's their, uh, handler who's yeah, responding. Their agent. The one I love to see on Twitter is people that are like, I got retweeted by one of the Rift Tracks guys. That means I'm a big guy. No, it doesn't. No, it's one it, thing to be kind of happy. Mike Nelson, like, like, oh, cool. Mike no, Nelson got, retweeting you. I got retweeted by such and such. That's pretty cool that they like noticed the thing that I said or whatever. But to like think that that makes you a big shot all of a sudden, like that's what? 
It's so, it's, okay. like, like, Twitter could go away tomorrow, and honestly, the world would be a better place. I agree. There's this weird idolatry that now comes with fandom that I don't understand. No, this is going to sound like I'm being mean-spirited to certain people, and I don't mean to, but, like, we recently had a, a festival here, a Halloween festival. There was, like, Butch Patrick was the guest at this event a couple of years ago. Nice guy. I've talked to Butch Patrick. I know people that know him. They say he's a very nice, down-to-earth guy. I actually felt bad for him. You know, here's Butch Patrick. The biggest thing he's ever done was the Munsters in the 60s. Oh, wow. And he's he's surrounded by all this Munsters merchandise. He's just sitting there all alone, looking kind of down, and no one's coming to his table. And part of me went, oh, man, you know? Yeah. Well, what about the chick from, like, um, the first and third Nightmare on Elm Street? Like, she barely did anything, and she still shows up at all these horror cons and has her own booth and has people trying to get her autograph. Like, what has she really been in other than, like, the first couple Nightmares and New Nightmare? I, I don't remember her much, but I'm not going to judge There's that. This... Like, okay, she left her mark on on horror. You know, she's one of Freddy Krueger's first, like, Survivor Girls. I, I can't remember her damn name, but... Heather, Heather Langenkamp. Langen- Heather Langen- Camp, yeah. Why why shouldn't she deserve to, you know, have people be fans of her and stuff? She was in like a pretty high profile franchise. She actually film. she actually moved behind the camera. You see her name on the credits as like a producer and she became a costume designer. She was a costume designer for the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead. Oh, cool. She kept working, she just moved behind the camera instead of in front of That's it. That's awesome. That was kind of like the people who were insulting Emilio Estevez when Charlie Sheen got really big. And they're like, oh, Emilio Estevez, what he, what's he doing? It's like, hey, dummy, he's producing movies now. And he's probably he's making, directing movies. He's producing and directing movies. He's probably making a butt-ton more money than his stupid brother. You know? Yeah, his <laughs> stupid cokehead brother. person does make just a few movies, and then they move on from acting, and they do a, do a convention every now and then. What's what's that to anybody? Like, we shouldn't really measure that kind of worth. I don't know. In life, there's always going to be someone that's doing more than you or doing less than you. Like, that's, I don't know. I don't feel like that's really something to, like, measure a person's worth on. There's also a thing when it comes to, like, cons, when it comes to the fans. There's, you hear, you heard Sid Haig talk about it. There's lots of people that talk about how entitled the fans feel when they when they meet a celebrity at a con. For one thing, I will not pay for an autograph. I have plenty of autographed items. I will not pay for an autograph. And these people that'll pay $50, $75 for an autograph, 150 bucks for a photo with William Shatner or whatever, that is asinine to me. It's not like you're actually interacting with them. I know you might physically be there with them. You're paying them. It's like a prostitution kind of thing. <laughs> You know, now, if, if you meet them and you, you know, get to know them and, and you take a photo with them, that's totally different. But this whole paying for a photograph, paying for an autograph, isn't this prostitution without the sex? You're paying for their time. Uh, now, granted, some things I think are ridiculous. Like when uh, the first Thor came out, there was a line around the building, people who paid $300 to meet Chris Hemsworth and get a picture and autograph. I was like, look, the movie might bomb. Like it was like, and he might be terrible. Like you don't know. And uh, he, he, he was might... terrible in that first movie. Uh, I thought he was okay. I thought he was. Uh, well, I thought the second movie 
well, actually, God, second and third movie were terrible. The first one was really one <laughs> that I thought was tolerable. But that's beyond the point. But the thing is, at like the time, he was a relative nobody, and they were paying yeah. just just he had huge, just like, like come off uh, Australian soap operas, basically. The Walking Dead has become the new Star Trek. Remember how the fandom around Star Trek was always the Trekkies, and they would dress up, and they knew all the Klingon languages and all this. I mean, I know Cecil knows this. Yeah, more well, than the anybody. Shatner, well, the, the Shatner thing uh, on Saturday Night Live was perfect, where uh, where they're they're talking to him, and he, you know, hey, you're you're you must be at least forty years old. Have you ever kissed a girl? You know? <laughs> when, when I inter- when I interviewed William Shatner, I brought that up to him, and he actually said, "I can't believe anyone even remembers that sketch." He had no idea how relevant that sketch actually oh, was. That sketch is just as relevant now as it was back in like what 1988 or whenever it came out. That's 1985. Uh, I think. Oh, uh, that sketch is brilliant. Where, uh, but it, I, I think it's funny that he didn't realize that, though. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Shatner but, is, is kind of aloof when it comes to, like, his own, uh, like, work. I, I, when I talked to him, he was actually really down to earth and really nice. Oh yeah, my, my I, I know. I, I know there are people. There are people that have all these negative interactions with Shatner, and I'm like, maybe because I was, you know, interviewing him for a promo piece. You know, maybe he was on good behavior. I don't know. He was really nice to me. There's also a chance that he probably, you know, humbled himself over over the years. Like there are actors that in their earlier stages of their career can be pretty ego-driven, but then as they get older, they mellow out a bit. Like, that could be the case with Shatner. My uncle interviewed him it for, like, be. two hours and said uh, he was just, like, the nicest guy, was completely open, did not have any kind of writer where you couldn't ask him any specific questions. He was uh, really super yeah. cool. So, yeah, I've, I, I, I've always liked Shatner. I mean, come on, he stole Loaded Weapon 1. <laughs> he stole that movie. Oh, he's terrific. Uh, like, you know, it's, it's funny, like, people will, will goof on his acting career. And it's like, hey, okay, look at his career. He's spanned television, movies, everything, and he, he's not the world's best actor, but he's very charismatic, and yeah, that makes he, up for a lot. Yeah, I mean, he, he helped pretty much change the, the face of, of science fiction with uh, Star Trek alongside Gene Roddenberry and stuff. Like, he's, he's there as a huge part of, of science fiction history. We, we owe a lot to the guy, whether or not he's been a, a dick at certain points in his life or not. He's very relevant. If, if Star but, Trek was the only thing he ever did, he's still involved in one of the most landmark sci-fi productions ever made. So, absolutely. I mean, if that's all he did, he still did a lot more than most. My point was, what Star Trek fandom used to be is now where Walking Dead fandom is. The Walking Dead is the new Star Trek in terms of fandom. And you really see this with the actors. I, I remember when the chick that played Tara, she hadn't had much of a career before she was on Walking Dead. She'd been on two episodes of Walking Dead. And she was commanding $300 for a photograph wow. at cons. And it's like, the fact that you people would pay this is what my problem is. I mean, I guess I can't fault actors for getting what they can get, although it really does bother me when you see, like, Jamie Lee Curtis and stuff at cons where they get paid, like, $60,000 just to attend, plus the $300 for photos and 150 bucks for autographs that they get all in cash. They can make $200,000 in a weekend, and you go, you're someone that really doesn't need that money, lady, you know? It is a well, little bit, uh, like, I personally wouldn't, 
would never pay for an autograph. It's just not so, like, why do I want a signature of somebody's name? Like, I, I don't get that. I, I have a fair amount, uh, but it's usually, like, there, there's a point. Like, it, it's, I'm not just getting, uh, an autograph of, you know, random person. I'm getting an autograph and a picture with, uh, Jonathan Frakes because I named my son after him. So, I don't judge people who want to get autographs and stuff. I just, it's, it's not something that's ever personally interested me. Like, for me, with actors, movies, music, stuff like that, for me, it's, it's the experience. It's how watching it or, or listening to it makes me feel. I, I don't really need anything from, physically from the actor themselves or, or the, the film or the music or, whatever other than like if i want to go buy a shirt of it or, or something or buy a poster that's really it but i i don't judge people who do want to go get autographs like if that means to you or to them or whatever that's cool it's just um just it wasn't ever really for me getting an autograph is not the problem it's paying for it and paying that damn much for it like okay i'm a big fan of harlan ellison the only thing i have autographed by harlan ellison is something i found i was going through the quarter box at a comic book store in the early 2000s and i found an old twilight zone magazine and i bought it for 25 cents because i just wanted to read it it's like oh it's got a harlan ellison article in it you know i like twilight zone okay i'll buy this i get it home i'm flipping through it the harlan ellison article i'm like ah crap somebody wrote on it (laughs) and then i looked at it and went wait a minute that's an H, that's an A, that's an R. And then I, I, I you know, went and looked online, and, and, and I'm like, that's actually Harlan Ellison's signature. <laughs> On the Harlan Ellison article in a magazine I found in the quarter box at a comic book store. Okay, then. <laughs> that's actually pretty cool. I have a lot of, like, I like a lot of the autograph stuff that I have. I actually have had producers and directors and stuff who I've spoken to uh, and done videos on who have sent me posters and autograph stuff. I got a really awesome... I've never seen it before. I did the video on uh, Dark Angel, and I got a um, an autograph thing from uh, from Charles Band uh, saying, you know, thank you for doing that. And like, I was like, oh my god, that's so cool! Like, there's this nice behind the scenes photo that he autographed, and like stuff like that is cool. Like, because it's personal to me. Like, I, and I know I'm not averse to going out and paying. For an autograph, I think that they do get a little ridiculous with the costs, but there are some of them that they just they don't they don't do these very often, and if people are willing to pay for it. Well, then, all right, fine. You know, I guess I guess they're the price is right. Otherwise, nobody would be buying it. See, an, an autographed item should mean something to the person who is getting it. You know, that they really like this actor, this writer, this director, what artist, whatever. I saw right after Sid Haig died, all of these autographed posters, Captain Spaulding figures hitting eBay. And it's Aww. like, you goddamn vultures. That's, oh, yeah. You clearly met the man at some point and you got it autographed. I, I mean, th- th- there used to be a joke. I can't remember what band it was. I think it was Anthrax that used to say when they would meet fans, this is, you know, after the Internet is a thing, they would meet fans and ask for an autograph. He goes, do you want me to just say to eBay? <laughs> I guess at that point they couldn't fathom that maybe this fan wants to hang it on their wall. And I'm not adverse to this either. When I saw Guar back in the 90s, I think it was 1999, saw Guar and the Misfits. Didn't get to meet the Misfits at this show. Guar, out of costume, were all outside in the parking lot signing stuff. Well, I didn't bring a Guar CD or anything with me, but I had my tickets. So we had our tickets autographed by Guar. Just because. They didn't charge. They weren't dicks. Just, you know, okay, autograph my ticket stubs. Yeah, it's something cool. I got, um, I was at, uh, PAX years ago and I got, uh, Freddie W. He's a pretty big YouTuber to sign like my, uh, not ticket, but they have a pass. I got him to sign the back of my pass and it was just something cool. You know, he, 
he was outside after he had just done a Q&A, and he even said, he's like, hey, if you want to come out and say hi or something, that is them saying, okay, come out and say hi. Not they're they're waiting to go to the bathroom and they're getting flocked by people. Well, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and sometimes sometimes a celebrity will do that without announcing it. When I saw I saw Paul Reiser stand up a couple of years ago, there was nothing about Hildy signing autographs after and so I didn't bring anything. Apparently a lot of other people did. My girlfriend and I got her picture taken with him. We got the tickets autographed. But there were people sitting there with like the aliens box sets and all this. And it, it was like, did you just expect him to be signing <laughs> stuff? Because none of this was announced. I didn't expect to get to meet Paul Reiser after the show. Yeah, you know? I brought it in the hopes of that he would uh, that he'd be signing stuff. Yeah, the hope of something. The thing I took away from like the Paul Reiser thing, he, he actually has a bit about tattoos that are hard to read, like when you got a bunch of text written on your arm or something in a tattoo, how that's annoying because, you know, you have to have the hold the person's arm out to read. My girlfriend has a tattoo full of text on her arm. <laughs> and when he met us, he, he held her arm out and then gave her this mm, look. And I'm like, okay, that is the kind of interaction I really like, you know? <laughs> that's great. Be- because it fed into what we just saw him ranting about on stage. Mm. I, I have personally never had a negative interaction with any famous person I've happened to meet or run into. I know it happens. But that Bruce Campbell thing in Milwaukee, it, it pissed me off so much. The night was ruined for me. I came to watch Bruce Campbell and to watch this movie, not watch Idiots reenacting the movie all around me, riffing the movie, and streaming out the dialogue to me. That's not what I paid for. And that's what's wrong with fandom. Fans need to learn, shut the f*** up and let other people enjoy the night too. You're not the only one here. This is not your goddamn living room. (laughs) I mean, there's not really any other way to put it. You know, stop being so entitled because you like something that doesn't give you the right to ask really personal questions. It doesn't give you the right to talk during a movie. It doesn't give you the right to monopolize somebody's time. Uh, I would basically say what you say in a more polite way. I think that people just need to recognize that there are other people there. And when you are getting up to ask a question and you're giving a bunch of nonsense and not getting to the point, or if you're being rude while there's something playing, or if you're going to an event and you're not wearing deodorant, you're not being aware of the fact that there are other people around you that maybe don't want to have to deal with you. Be respectful of others. And now if people want to bitch at us for this particular episode and the thoughts we've espoused on it, where can people contact the Cecil? Uh, you can contact me at goodbadflix.com as well as goodbadflix on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and 1201beyond.com. And also, uh, I've met a couple of fans at events, like, they found out, hey, I'm at this event, can I come see you? Like, they saw, like, I was, I was put on Twitter, I'm at blah blah blah, and they came and I said hi, and, and it was very cordial and very, very nice, and it was like, it was cool because they weren't, oh my god, I have to find you. They wrote and said, hey, I'm here, uh, if you, you know, what, could I come and say hi? And I told them where I was, and hey, I'm the guy wearing the hat, so they, cause they have no idea what I look like. And, uh, it meant, it was very nice, it was very cordial, talk for a couple of minutes, say, hey, I like your stuff, I say, hey, thank you, I really appreciate the support, and happy how you doing? You know, people, we went on our way. There was no, I didn't charge anybody for a picture, but I didn't take a picture because I still am trying to keep my anonymity, but, um, I've tried to just, uh, you know, be nice to people. 
it's it's not hard. What is hard is being nice to Peter, though. Where can people find him? <laughs> you can uh, come and try to be nice to me on Twitter at Cinematica, Facebook the Cinematicist, YouTube the Cinematicist, Beyond.com, and at Patreon at Zinematica. I'm nice most of the Sometimes you might catch me on a bad day. So roll the dice and find out. And you can find me at 1201beyond.com. You can contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. And I do like interacting with people. Like I said, when I'm at a live event at a riff tracks or I'm out in public, that's one thing. You come to my house, you call my house, we're going to have a problem. And if you go see the Live with Bruce Campbell thing, shut the fuck up. One foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night.
Radiodrome is a 1201 Beyond production. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.